Philosophy Podcast with uh, Marcus Crespo and Dan Venti. And uh, we are on a new series. We, we covered the fast food restaurants. Yeah, and that covered. Was, that was cool. Uh, covered just like the sauces that they carry. Yeah, covered and smothered. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we are we are we we we're going to a new block of topics, and it's a uh, I guess a combination of your your one of your passions yeah. and one of my passions. That's and right. I'm pretty excited about this. So you love what true crime and and things like that. Yeah. Okay. And I murder. love murder. And I love uh, I love pro wrestling. I, yeah. I'm a big pro wrestling uh, fan uh, since in utero. People ask me, like, how long? Like, I was in my mom's womb. Like, my mom grew up watching wrestling. My dad grew up watching wrestling. My grandma watched it. His, his, you, did, you, you did like a summer, so you did like top ropes. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was just like in the in the in the middle of the uterus, like doing running ropes like the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, with, with shaking yeah, it like the, the, the umbilical cord. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the same joke. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was so, there. <laughs> But but uh, pro wrestling is has been in for for many years was like in the zeitgeist of of uh, you know modern American culture and be, behind the scenes very nefarious very uh, sketchy. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't know that yeah. that, that came to light once the yeah, internet. It's, an, it's amazing the 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 like the dark side of wrestling or yeah. like the inner workings of it yeah is so much going on i so you said you liked wrestling growing up and then you've always liked it right so you've, I've you I've always still liked do? It. there was uh, I've always I, I still do i don't i don't get to watch as often because of my own personal schedule yeah uh i try to keep up as much as possible all the different there's like there's so many different like organizations federations or whatever if you will um and but like now wrestling fans are smart uh, and like they're they're smarter to what goes on behind the scenes because of the internet. Uh, yeah. Before we weren't privy to that information for many many years, decades, if you will. Like everyone was under the impression that it was real. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's why that's also why uh, it's who, real they, to me. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. And, I <laughs> that mean, but that's that's true. There was like, like there's I know buddies of mine who have stories of like their grandmas like 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 rooting for his guy and like legitimately rooting for a person thinking like, like it was an actual UFC fight or something like that. It was, and it was especially popular here in the South. Correct. Absolutely. Wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I'll be, uh, the thing is also that, that also was why certain wrestlers, certain guys with certain physiques were pushed because it, it, it uh, enabled the, uh, suspension of disbelief. Like if like now wrestlers could be tiny little dudes that do flips and shit, yeah. you know, then, they're not gonna believe a little tiny dude does flips is gonna beat this jacked six foot nine. Yeah, because it was a lot of like headlocks and like yeah, you know, cl- clenched hands. It was based in like traditional other. Greco-Roman style, right? Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, a lot of pushing and leaning and yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it was all about running. like torque. You know, yeah. that seems believable. He could rip that dude's knee out. <laughs> you know, and now you know the difference. I mean, what they're doing is like it still it still requires you to be limber and strong and stuff, but it's yeah. Just, it's just uh, it's like more. I guess they yeah, because they they transition to like that different body style. Uh, but. And, and the term the term that they use when they refer to uh, the business and protecting the business from the outside people, us, the regular patrons that are not uh, wrestlers, they call it kayfabe, uh, keeping the suspension of disbelief. 
Uh, oh. So it's K-Face. K-fa- it's spelled weird, but it's K- it's, called, it's pronounced K-Face. K-Fa sounds like a boy band. Yeah, K-Fa. Yeah, like it's like a K-pop rapper. band, like from Korea. Yeah, like, yeah. K-Fa. Oh, they're so popular. The girls they love them. They have that new uh, hit, Zoom Zoom Zoip. <laughs> <laughs> but the term is K-Fa. So like in the 80s, before the, the scare, uh, steroid scandal, yeah. uh, everyone thought that wrestling was not predetermined, which we know it is. It's predetermined. Yeah. But the, it they is? called it. What? The, yeah, what? Oh, I just, I just ruined K-Fa. Kayfay for it broke Kayfay. <laughs> so Kayfay is like, uh, for example, the wrestler Undertaker, how he maintained his gimmick. He never broke character. Yeah, never talked. He's, yeah, he didn't really talk outside. Like he didn't do interviews. If he did interview, he did it as on. he did. He did his interview as the Undertaker. He didn't do yeah. it as Mark Calloway. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so that's called keeping Kayfay. You keep your character. You like you maintain the suspension of disbelief. Uh, so what we're going to discuss today is an attempt. Uh, basically something that broke kayfabe completely right this is like and this is like a blur it's blurring reality with wrestling yes with the script absolutely uh it was the uh the montreal screwjob probably one of the most significant wrestling events in the history of wrestling yeah for what not only what what happened uh because people who didn't know about wrestling knew about it but what the ramifications were, how it changed the industry, what it did for the past. Like there was there was old 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 heads that didn't like that this came too because they were they were trained their whole life never break kayfabe no matter what. Right. Never break kayfabe. Like the fact that Hulk Hogan was the WWF champion was because of kayfabe. Uh, in the eighties, Hexall Jim Duggan. Are you, are you familiar? Oh with yeah. That? Hexall he Jim carried Duggan. Around, uh... Uh, the two by four. The two by four. Yeah. Hex, Hexaw Jim Duggan was the original. Was originally slotted to be the champion in the eighties. Okay. Because he was like he was real popular. Well, his his uh, rival, the Iron Sheik. Yeah. Uh, they got caught smoking weed under a bridge, <laughs> or something like. Basically, that's like the that's Dude, like the, the Iron Sheik rules. The Iron Dude, Sheik is awesome. His Twitter is amazing. <laughs> make them make crumble, Jabroni. <laughs> well, they got caught like smoking weed together under a bridge in like some uh, up north somewhere, and it got we- what a people- homeless way to get yeah. suspended. <laughs> well, he his push got his push got uh, stymied. Well, Iron Sheik was a champion, and so now the Iron Sheik. It just got got caught smoking weed with his enemy, you know. What I mean? And so they they killed uh, Hulk, uh, Hexel Jim Duggan's push for a little bit. Oh. And so the next guy, the next heir apparent to become the next big uh, face good guy wrestler uh, champion was Hulk Hogan. Okay, it wasn't originally Hexel Jim Duggan. I mean, it wasn't originally Hulk Hogan. It was Hexel Jim Duggan. Oh wow! Yeah, and so that was that's how much they protected kayfabe. Was there like? Oh, we got to got to do something, and they buried yeah, the guy. So that, wow. Yeah. So, so they, you think Hacksaw, like the whole time Hogan became like the biggest wrestler ever? He was like, that could have been me. I probably that was supposed to I be mean, me. Like uh, over the years, like, but he, I was under a bridge with the sheik. <laughs> yeah. Every time he hears Red Hot he Chili really Peppers, made him under humble, the bridge, huh? he humbled. Yeah, he humbled Hacksaw. <laughs> Anytime he hears uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers under the bridge, he just starts <laughs> he crying a tear. A single tear. Of, <laughs> I could have been champion, you know. Like, uh, but so they 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 protected kayfabe like at all costs. And so uh, before we get to the Montreal screw job, uh, there's like there's another incident. Uh, there was a uh, woman's wrestler by the name of Wendy Richter. So it's a, so in the eighties. Vincent Mann, basically, they, there used to be a territory system in the United States of wrestling. Okay. So it would be like 
let's say Florida had their top champion and Alabama had their top champion. And what they would do is they would do business with each other and they would like, hey, I'm going to borrow this guy over here and I'm going to send you this tag team. And then this the Alabama tag team that the Floridians. So all the seen, regions were run by different people, different people. And they shared talents. Okay. So like Andre the Giant worked for Vincent Man, but then like Ric Flair worked for so and so and they would switch talent or maybe sometimes pair them off. They would never beat each other. They were those. So they would like it was almost like. Uh, trading baseball cards, but with real people. Essentially, essentially, and like they I'll did business you, with each other. They, yeah, I'll and, trade you uh, Macho Man and and Undertaker for Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I, I, it, since that, that like, all joke aside, that's pretty much how they operated. They operated under a territory system. Well, then that was when Vince McMahon Senior was operating. Then he passed away. Vince McMahon Junior took over, and in his vision for wrestling was, I'm going to take over the world. So then he basically. Pilfered all the farm leagues, all the all, and be, like became this juggernaut where he took all the top guys from all the different wrestling organizations. And How then, was he able to do that? Just having just, money. Just having money. Okay. Money talks, man. Uh, and so that's what he did. And then another thing is like, uh, if you didn't want to do business with, if you didn't want to do business with him the way he wanted you to do business, he would fuck you over. Oh. And so one of the things going back to the '80s was there was a uh, woman's wrestler by the name of Wendy Richter who was a very popular woman's wrestler. She came from like this thing called uh, uh, the Rock and Wrestling. I think Hogan was involved in that at one point and everything. Well, they got into a money dispute. And um, she tried, like in, in his mind, tried to play too big for her britches because women's wrestling wasn't highly revered as it is now. Yeah. Um, so basically she was going to, she was going to like basically keep the belt. She's like, I'm not going to drop the belt to anybody until you pay me my money. Well, they sent another wrestler to do a um, an actual shoot, is meaning like when they rolled her up, like for the pin, she held it tightly, like against the girl's will, and then won the match, and took the belt off of her legit. Oh, yeah. So there were like the ref was like, and, and then the ref was instructed to do the, the three count, and they used to, sometimes they would do that, like similar things. They would do like fast count. Oh, it's like, like a, the mafia. Fucking dude. Like, yeah, very much just, like the mafia. Like if you're not gonna cooperate, we'll just. We'll just make it happen, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and so that, that like that was like one of the the first that was like the first real, what like I would say widely known, but one of the first like the in the modern era, the eighties going into the nineties and two thousands of of a screw job. She got fucked. She she they weren't one they weren't paying her what she deserved, and yeah. she goes, I'm I'm gonna keep the title until you pay me. You know, I'm not gonna drop it to any of these bitches. And then they sent uh, the fabulous Moolah in. Uh, which was a, Who's the, the fabulous Moolah? Fabulous Moolah. They sent her in a like a luchador mask outfit, and uh. she did a stiff one, <laughs> two, three, and took the belt off of her. Oh man! Yeah, and then and then that solidified Moolah as like a heel, like a bad guy. Okay. And so that was the start of that. And then, <clears throat> uh, then there was uh, there was other wrestlers screwed over Vince. The Ultimate Warrior was known for that. Hogan was known for that. Where they like. They went into business for themselves, is what they called it, where, like, I'm not dropping the title to nobody. I'm going to keep the belt. Do you pay me more or whatever the case is? Was it is. always just, like, ego or? All ego. Yeah. All ego. Also, there wasn't guaranteed contracts like they have now. Mm. They didn't have guaranteed contracts. So if you lost your spot, you felt you lost, you were going to lose your money. Yeah, lose that. yeah, yeah so it's like them looking out for themselves legitimately. Uh, and so uh, then you flash forward to the mid-'90s uh, at this point now. Um, WCW, the rival organization to WWF, uh, is gaining steam. Uh, at this point, they have acquired uh, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. 
They already have Sting. They got all. They got their own homegrown guys, and they brought a whole bunch of WWF guys. Mm. So uh, one of the start of it was when they brought over um, a, uh, the female uh, world champion for WWF. Her name was Medusa, uh, and when she wrestled for WWF, she was a Laundra Blaze. So there's a famous incident where she brings over the WWF women's belt and drops it in a trash can on WCW TV. Oh. She drops it and like as a, as like a mission statement, so so bear that keep that in mind going into plant that seed plant that this. seed. So then flash forward flash forward another year, um, there was uh there was four wrestlers, uh, there was Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, uh, Diesel, Kevin Nash, uh, Razor Ramon with Scott Hall, yeah, and uh, and Triple H. Okay, uh, so I know they, all these dudes. all all four of those guys formed a uh like a little like backstage they call them the Click. Well, Scott Hall and Kevin Ash were going to WCW, and um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were staying behind. Well, they had a match where it was like uh, Scott Hall and I think like Shawn Michaels versus uh, Kevin Nash and like Triple H, and they they were like they're supposed to be all rivals. And then at the end of the match, because they knew that was the last match they were going to have together in WWF, they all hugged. It was at Madison Square Garden, and they called that the curtain call. And it was the first semblance of people breaking kayfabe. So what happened was Scott Hall and Kevin Nash went to WCW. They went unpunished. Shawn Michaels was the world champion for WWF. He went unpunished. Triple H took the brunt of it. So they buried Triple H. He got he got put in all these squash matches where he's getting beaten thirty seconds, all this stuff like that. So, but it was what them, year was this? So when ninety six. Oh, okay. The year before the Montreal Screwjob. Okay. So ninety five, the. Women's belt gets dropped in a, in, a, in a trash can on TV. Then the next year, the the, the curtain call, uh, it, it it went around like everyone found out about this, and so that's playing into Vince's head about like people do not doing what they're supposed to be doing on on screen or in the ring. Yeah. So flash forward Going against the family. Yeah. So flash forward to ninety seven. Uh, at this point. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels have legitimate beef, like on screen and off screen. Like they, they're both egotistical. Uh, some arguably, some would say Shawn more so than Bret. But if you heard stories about Bret Hart, he's very, he's 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 very sure of himself. Yeah. Uh, so they would get they would they would get into fights and battles and stuff. So at at this point, <clears throat> I think Bret was asking for more money. Uh, was that, you know, because now he's seen all these guys jump ship and their contracts are unbelievable. That what they were paying the WCW guys was un- unbelievable, like million dollar contract, like like NFL style contracts to be a pro wrestler. Oh, wow. That type of thing. And so at this point, Brett had been wrestling since 1984 for the WWF, like consistently. And so he was asking for more money. Then they 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 said, yeah, we'll pay you more money. Well, then stuff happened. They weren't drawing the same amount of money. They were in transition from the goofy uh, 90s gimmicks where, like, everybody was, like, an occupation. Where, like, everybody, like, there was, like, they had, literally, there was, like, one wrestler Big named. Big Boss Man. Big Boss Man. They had Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Yeah. They had a Hog Sergeant Farmers. Slaughter. Yeah, sorry. Like, everyone, everyone, it was, a, it was like, career everyone day. Everyone had a job. Yeah, it was, it should have been called <laughs> Career Day Wrestling Federation. That's like so the, funny. 
<laughs> I never thought of it like that, but yeah. they really did. Yeah. All the characters are <clears throat> occupations. Yeah. It should have been, it should have been like the coal miner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Papa yeah. Shango. Yeah. They, yeah. They had a fucking voodoo dude. Yeah. A fucking a, a clown. And then a mini yeah. clown. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody. Clown. Smaller clown. <laughs> yeah. So every, it was, it was a hokey gimmick. And then, and then. WCW then went into like um, the like attitude error they call it right. Well, th- yeah. Th- the, well, the Montreal Screwjob was like huge catalyst into that. Oh, okay. Well, this this is when attitude error refers to when everyone said uh, uh, "suck it" and they would yeah. Make well, the X D- over DX there. was like the transition. <laughs> Goldust was 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 I think it was already people should bring that back. Suck it. Yeah. You know, oh, people yeah. do that in uh, public. Oh, dude! I like well. There's a they used to in the used, I don't know if you saw the. Were you there when the guys that do the Daytona show, uh, their intro? They do the DX. They do the oh, suck no, it. I don't, yeah, no, their I intro is like the suck it. Oh, yeah. that's great. Um, but the, yeah, so they're, they're like great guys. <laughs> super, super, very Daytona. Super great guys. Very Daytona. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically, uh, Brett found finds out that he. Is not going to get the contract that he that you know the money, the money that he asked. So okay. he negotiated a contract with WCW and he let Vince know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. And then like they worked out a timeline to when his his contract can legally end and all that stuff like that. And usually the old guard of doing wrestling is you drop the title on your way out. You drop the title on your way out. Mm-hmm. Well, the way they worked out the calendar, that would have meant that he would have to drop the title in his hometown in uh Mont- Montreal. In, 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 or in his home country. I don't think it's hometown, but in his home country of I Canada. I think he's from Ottawa, right? Yeah, he's from. I think he's from Ottawa, but he's widely known in Canada, the Hart yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. And so that he didn't he didn't want to do. They wrestled in their basement. Yeah, the dungeon. The, the dungeon. Fucking, <laughs> the fucking dungeon, dude. Yeah, Stu Hart was a maniac. Yeah, man. yeah. He was like twisting these guys up and stuff. Uh, but he didn't want to drop the belt to Sean in his home country. He didn't want to do that. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a little bit of Brett being a little stubborn himself. Yeah. So they worked out a deal. They were like, well, you're going to maintain the belt and then we'll have you forfeit the belt or drop it at another event, like a live television thing. Okay. That type of thing. Uh, because, you know, they were like, well, he's been with the company for a while. But then everything I just mentioned in uh, mentioned to you, the dropping of the women's belt, the curtain call where guys are doing business for themselves in the ring. Vince, he was a little leery that, he he was basically he didn't want the men's belt to be dropped in a trash can on WCW television. That was his biggest gotcha. worry concern. Okay, so he thought it was gonna like yeah. Betray- so okay, so he thought yeah that was like like it's one thing for the women's belt at the time in the nineties. It didn't have it didn't carry the same weight that it would now. You know when like Ronda Rousey was champion and shit like that. So he didn't want that to happen. So they were real secretive, and they formulated like a like a bunch of they had like a lot of his insiders. They were trying to figure out how they can get the belt off Brett because he wasn't going to willingly just drop it to Sean in his home country. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but they were trying to figure out the way they could get it off of him and, you know, w- without too many people knowing. And so they formed, they formulated the screw job. So I don't know. Have you, have you seen, have you seen the footage of it? Yes. I watched the actual, I watched the match and then I watched like, um, it was like wrestling in the shadows or something. It was like a Bret Hart documentary. Yeah. Oh, that, see, that's a weird thing too. Was when they when they the night of that match, they just had a documentary crew um, that they they were following WWF for a while for a couple months, um, and then and it's so they just happened to be there that night. 
to catch that. God, it's like that French crew on 9-11. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. On, a, on 9-11, there was a French documentary crew making a documentary about uh, New York City Fire Department, not about 9-11. They didn't know that was going to happen. They just happened to be there, and 9-11 happened. They're filming you know, the department, and they're like, oh, we'll go with you on the ride-along. And they filmed 9-11 happening, and they went, like, in the building, and they got this insane footage, and they got, like, it's a wild documentary. I don't know what it's called or anything, but it's French. I have to check that shit out. I never heard about that. Yeah, it's, the footage is, uh, some of the, it's, it's insane. That was a dark turn. It just reminded me, because they just happened to be there. It's like, like, it's weird when, uh, when that stuff happens like that. But I do remember, because in the, I was watching Wrestling in the Shadows, um, Bret Hart kind of motions to the camera and says, "Like you guys should leave, or you guys should, like, yeah, pr- you guys should probably like get out of here." Because he, I think he, he was gonna like, he was like, "I'm gonna kick the shit out of Vince." Man. He did. He but, knocked yeah, the he, fuck out of him. He knocked him out. He punched him so hard that he went up in the air and spun around like, <laughs> like a cartoonish punch. Oh like whoa, 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 whoa! I just whoa. saw the footage of him after, right after he yeah, knocked on, him out, and he was putting on like a white denim button-up shirt. Yeah, it's like so like uh, wrestling, and he's like. <laughs> My he uh, my fist uh, happened to touch his face or something like that, <laughs> and he was like, and he went out like a light, and they're like, you knocked out Vince McMahon, yeah, and he was like, I had to or something like that, yeah, right. yeah, he uh, he, it's awesome, his hat's backward, yeah, apparently he he one punched Mandem, uh, like right out of his, uh, like he he hit him so hard he like sprained his ankle and got a concussion or something like that. Oh my god, I didn't know Hitman Wait, so was an actual Hitman. Let's like, back up so before uh, back to. Before 9-11 and before the back up to the screw job, the night of the. Yeah. So it's so they people were formulating a plan. So it was Vince McMahon and a couple other insiders like Vince a McMahon, small circle. Vince McMahon, uh, Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, uh, Sergeant like Slaughter. They were. Yeah, they were like they were like uh, basically like uh, producers and like co-writers. Like like I think uh, Pat Patterson created the Royal Rumble. He's the guy that created the Royal Rumble event. Is he the guy? Wasn't there one guy that was like a superstar of like writing? He wrote like most of the yeah plot those lines. guys oh, those guys all yeah. those guys okay yeah they were they were like the they were like the co creators of a lot of things they were like also Vince's like good buddies and stuff like that and so they like and then also Sergeant Slaughter was one of the guys Sergeant oh. Slaughter behind the scenes Sergeant Slaughter was a I guess the term would be a company man. Oh, yeah. like he, he, whatever was good for WWE, not not good for business, but was good for. He was a very yeah, yeah. very kind of like he'd be a narc. Uh, <laughs> he'd be a super narc. Uh, and then, <clears throat> then they got. Uh, I think Triple H was involved. He was involved in some way. He knew about it. Um, yeah. And most of the other people were out of the loop. They kept everyone out of the loop because they uh, didn't want to get back to Brett. So and Sean was in on it, but he played it like almost to the like. For a decade, he played it like he didn't know anything about it. I had no clue. I don't know if he's on that documentary. Yeah, because uh, he said, Sean, did you know anything about this? I swear to God, I did not know. He's like, I, I just grabbed my belt and ran back here, man. I didn't want anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah. He talks like he looks like. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't know anything much about Shawn Michaels, except he kicked someone through a barbershop window. Oh, uh, yeah. the uh, the When the Rockers broke up. The Rock at Marty Jannetty? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know a bit. I got a little hell yeah, dude. Yeah, wrestling that, memory. Fuck it. It's uh, yeah, that was the that's what that was his heel turn from uh, that's when he being the sexy boy, sexy. Oh boy. yeah, that was the start of that that whole gimmick. Um, 
But yeah, Shawn Michaels played it like he he didn't know, but he was it, it was found out later that he knew. The ref, even the ref, played it like he didn't know, but he was informed like right before it happened. And Vince McMahon. Okay, so they plan this out, and then they go. That's the main event, correct? That's the main event of the Survivor Series, nineteen ninety-seven. I think it was November nineteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Okay. And uh, so that was the main event, and it was a, it was a huge, big a focal point because. A lot of people already caught wind that uh, Brett was going to WCW. Oh, okay. He was the champion going into that match, so they were like, "What's going to happen?" Like, no one, no one had any clue except six people: Vince, Sean, Pat Patterson, uh, Jared Briscoe, Sergeant Slaughter, and uh, Earl Hebner. Oh, triple, oh. oh, seven if you count Triple H. Mm-hmm. So Earl Hebner was the ref for that night. So the other side ref, they always have like a side ref in case something legitimately happens to the main one. Uh, also, to help if like someone as actually has like a medical emergency outside, they could do the little signal. They have like a, they have like an X that they throw up. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, his name was Mike Mike uh, Mike Shiota. So he wasn't oh, yeah. even aware of what was going on. So what? Uh, oh, he wasn't either. No. Oh, like those seven people I mentioned. That's it. That's it. Okay. That is it. So uh, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Uh, who were uh, the the announced team? They didn't know. Oh, no one else knew. Wow. Yeah. So because and the reason why I say that is if you watch the clip, uh, you hear Jim Roscoe. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he doesn't know because he legitimately does not know. Is there know anyone what's going. better than Jim Ross? He was the he's uh, like he he announces for AEW here in Jacksonville. Oh, he does. He's the yeah. He's on the announce team for that. Oh wow! So yeah, I've got to see him all all last summer. It was oh, amazing. Great, I've seen him when he when he announced for what like, a was... great like he's like perfect announcer for wrestling. He's like perfect like perfect wrestling announcer. You know? Yeah, he's like he's over a... the top. He says crazy ass shit. You know? So is my it, God! Is... Somebody stop the yeah. damn match! You know, like that whole thing. You know, <laughs> he's gonna kill him. Yo, he's got kids. He's got kids. He's got kids. You know, and so so yeah so like um and. Yeah, so they so they go into the match. It's going it's going back and forth, and um, before the match, uh, Shawn Michaels. Per, now this was this was there were certain aspects into the match that they agreed on. Like Shawn Michaels took the Canadian flag and like rubbed it on his crotch oh. and like was like air hump like humping it and stuff to draw heat from the Canadian crowd. You yeah, know? yeah. And so they like they're, like so the the atmosphere was like magnetic. It was like just like heat, so much heat in there. But, yeah. And uh, so they had this match, and so the 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 original plan was to have like them like uh, Shawn Michaels get put in a sharpshooter by Bret Hart, and then Shawn Michaels reverse the sharpshooter and put Bret in the sharpshooter, and then have Bret Hart's uh, like brother and Davy Boy Smith, who's who was his legitimate brother-in-law at the time, mm. run out and do like this, you know, uh, where they attack Shawn Michaels or something like that. And it, it like goes into disqualification. Then the next night on Monday Night Raw, they would they would do another match, like a rematch, and then he would legitimately drop the title. Okay, because it was going to be in another city. It was going to be in the United States, I right? Think. Yeah, so it wouldn't. So that was that was going to be the original working plan, um, but it just didn't sit right with Vince or something like that. And worried about that trash can. He was worried about that trash can because uh, he thought maybe that like goddamn Wendy Williams. What was her name? Wendy, uh, Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter. Oh no, the, and then uh, Medusa was or uh, Lodge Blaze was the one to drop the. Okay, a lot, yeah. yeah, but Wendy Richter too. Medusa. Like, yeah, all those. Yeah, the women. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
canceled. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, so he was he was worried. So they did they did the they they had Bret Hart put Shawn Michaels in the finish or in the sharpshooter, mm-hmm. and then uh, then Shawn reversed it and put Bret in it, and next thing you know, you hear uh, Vince yell to uh, Vince like pinpoint to Dave or Earl Hebner the ref to ring the bell. And then there was the, the uh, I forget the name of the guy who's the bell keeper. They were, he, uh, Vince is like, bring the bell. And then he bumped him real hard, ring the fucking bell. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> and they rang the bell, and they and then they played Shawn Michaels' music. I'm a sexy boy, sexy And everyone's confused. Everyone's confused. Yeah, Bret Hart's face is just, he's. He, the look on his face is just like pure shock. It's shock and then frustration. Yeah, and like all in, in the like And then he caught. Yeah, it's like a shock and then a look of like, like he did it. He like he that motherfucker. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, you could see he's like, oh, I just got fucked over. Like I, you know, it's that yeah. look. <laughs> yeah, it's so. Um, it's so basically, shot, like Earl Hebner, the ref that rung the bell, the, 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 did the signal to ring the bell, got the fuck out of there. He left the building, went to his hotel room, like, immediately. Oh, wow. He got the fuck out he of there. He was here. like, I'm going to be Yeah. Uh, and then, like, everyone, like, for the most part, if you were involved, one to seven people, like, I think Triple H grabbed Sean, grabbed, like, uh, Vince ordered Sean to grab the belt, get the fuck out of there. They got him out of there. Yeah, you um, see him run, grab the belt, and run. Yeah. He's got, like, security. People are throwing yeah, oh, rappers. That was, that was another stuff. thing. I was doing some research on that. The, they, the, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H got harassed. Even when they left the building, like at their hotel room in the lobby, they were getting people, people were like fucking with them and saying shit to them and threatening them. And <laughs> yeah, because I mean, because he was, because Bret Hart is a, is a country hero. Yeah, yeah. He's Canada. like, a, yeah, I gotta understand that. He, you, Shawn Michaels does, he runs all the way with like security to the yeah. end of the tunnel and right at the, right as the entrance of the tunnel, like to go backstage, he yeah. just like lifts the belt up and like, just to fuck with people, I think. Yeah. Well, because, like, I mean, yeah, because because even even then they're trying to maintain kayfabe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so even it's so interesting to think of it on that level, you know. Yeah. Like the maintaining. Uh, maintaining the, the suspension of disbelief thing, and so it's 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 funny. So then at that point, um, when you're watching the pay per view, all you saw was it scans the crowd. It shows Shawn Michaels. That's why he did. It. He showed showed Shawn Michaels holding the belt up. They didn't show in the ring anymore, mm. but the documentary crew is caught Brett in the ring. He's he's uh he's doing this WCW yeah in the ring like evoking the crowd's reaction. Then at one he's telling people I yeah, love tracing you. Tracing out WCW with his fingers. Yep, and then he hawked the Lou young Vince. Yeah, he's spitting Vince's. I mean, face. big fat Lou. You just yeah. ah got it right. Yeah, on his you face. see it like hanging off his the side of his. Oh face. yeah, it looked like a uh, cum shot. It was a. <laughs> <laughs> Look like you got Peter Norfed. Uh, <laughs> so they, they then and then the documentary shows when they go backstage and are like asking all these wrestlers and I and I, then I read uh, what other wrestlers' reactions were. Lot most of the locker room because they're all informed about what happened was were were pissed. Like Vince had to actually call like several meetings with all the other talent and. Because they were worried that that was going to happen to them next. Oh yeah, and imagine they'd be paranoid because yeah, you're just sitting there and you're like, oh well, if they're going to screw over like the biggest, you know, to the champion, you know, Bret Hart was like the biggest wrestler at that yeah, time. Yeah, and right? he was, and he was uh, highly tenured. He was, I mean, he was there since '84. That was 90, 13 years. Thirteen years he was with WWE, and yeah. you know, 
for different roles. Like he was in that time, he started as a, a tag team guy, a tag team guy. Then he became a singles wrestler, and he worked his way up to the, the championship spot. And that's how they treated the face of the company. Yeah, you know, at that time, it like no loyalty. Yeah, so all these other guys were like, "Well, well I mean, I'm just a jobber. What am I going? Well, I'm just the guy that gets paid to lose. What are they going to do to me? Make me right. lose more? Like <laughs> whatever? Yeah, why and, wouldn't you feel like that? You know? And so, so then, uh, Brett, Brett didn't had to. He started to do business with Vince uh, after punching him out and everything. I and so, I, that's what, so basically, like he he basically was like, so you, I'm assuming you're going to screw me over on my money. And so Vince didn't have to go do all this behind the scenes stuff and try to make things right as much as possible. Like, so he paid, he paid Brett his, what his actual, uh, what he was supposed to take home for the pay-per-view was like, they did everything up, up until the contract expired. Then he went to WCW. Um, and then what, what happened? Like that actually led to the Owen Hart thing though. That actually led to the Owen Hart thing because in the wake of that though, uh, Davey boy Smith, uh, which the British was, Bulldog. The British Bulldog. He was the brother-in-law, and it was like Jim Neidhart, who was also the brother-in-law. Yeah, the they jumped ship too. They mm. eventually jumped ship because their contracts were expired. Best goatee in the game. Yeah. It, uh, who else? There's some other. Uh, Brian Pillman left. Don't know Rick, who that is. Brian Pillman, flying Brian Pillman. Uh, he, but he was involved in the Heart Foundation. Okay. That that organization. He left. Um, the only person that had to stay was Owen Hart. Because his contract was for another couple of years, oh. so that led to him getting tossed around, be, becoming the Blue Blazer, some sh- the Blue Meanie or whatever he was. Yeah, the, yeah, the Blue Blazer was his, it was a gimmick yeah. they gave him. So that that's like the aftermath of all this. Like, so that may or may not have led to his death. Yeah, because well, for people who may or may, if you're listening to this, you yeah. probably know, but uh, Owen Hart uh, was being lowered. Uh, yeah, because he was a, it was a superhero gimmick, is what it yeah. was. So they were like, uh, he was coming from the rafters, yeah, and it was a malfunction. But he like he he was basically forced into a gimmick he didn't want to do because he was the only heart left on contract. Yeah. after the whole because after that, Bret Hart went on on the news and started shitting all over WWF and all. It was it was kind of like the curtain call all, all over again, where Triple H, but instead of Triple H, it was Owen Hart. Owen Hart had to take the brunt of all that shit. And so that ultimately led in a way in a roundabout way led to his death. Yeah. You know, um, and then after that, it was like uh, all kayfabe was destroyed because when Bret Hart went on inside, I think he went on inside edition. He went on inside edition and told news reporters, legitimate news reporters about how he got fucked from the predetermined uh, result of the match. So basically he just destroyed all of kayfabe. <laughs> All the kayfabe was done. Like they, they kind of did it a little bit during the steroid scandal in the early nineties. Yeah, uh, where they, you know, they were like, uh, you know, we, well, we had a. I think they, they didn't make Hulk Hogan champion anymore because they didn't want to make him the face of WWF because of the steroids. Yeah. So they, they, they admitted to like making him lose the belt, and that, that, that was in some part like, you know, at the time the internet wasn't around, but now you got uh, Bret Hart on. Inside Edition, during the height of the internet, the, the early start of the internet age, admitting to getting fucked of the predetermined result, and so KFA <laughs> was raped at that point. And, you know, uh, yeah, just, so it's like all out the window, like it's completely, you know, completely all out the window, and that's that's what led to the Vince McMahon, uh, Mr. McMahon character, because he was like, I determine who wins or loses. Remember that, 
Like that type of thing. Yeah, so yeah. he became like over the top bad guy, Vince yeah. McMahon. And he became like a wrestler in himself, sort of, right? He yeah. became like this uh, really mean character. And uh, he had like, he was jacked. He was. Uh, yeah. And then also that, but that transitioned into the attitude. Like the, ad- the aspects of the attitude there were already present. They had DX, they had Goldust, who was like a drag queen character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like we're like there was a, a a basis of reality is no longer like um, dumpster guys and shit like that. It was so be, because it, it almost went right back to the eighties where like they know that we're predetermined in this match, so we're gonna make the mo- the matches look really realistic. Like there was like unbelievable chair shots, yeah, like head shots and shit. And so it was like the 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 focal point of the wrestling matches after that. For a while, became really like violent, right? Yeah, really it was, like, violent, over the top. Uh, because then it's like, the, like it was almost like the wrestlers cartoonish proven, violence. Like, yeah, they were like, they was like, well, oh, you think, oh, you think it's because it's predetermined that it's not real? We're gonna fucking show you that I'm gonna put this baseball bat through this guy's rib cage or whatever. Yeah, and so that was like that. That was the transition. That's when Stone Cold came up, right? Yes, like Stone Cold was already emerging through that time frame, and then Stone Cold was becoming a star right as. The screw job happened. So literally the next year that following WrestleMania is when uh, Shawn Michaels dropped the title to Stone Cold. Mm. Uh, and I told you before we started recording, like, like even then they were worried that Shawn Michaels was not going to drop the title to Stone Cold. And the Undertaker who had confronted Vince after the screw job was like, hell or high water. I'm going to make sure this happens. And he had, he had taped his fist up and was <laughs> like, if you, if he doesn't drop the title to Stone Cold, I'm going to legitimately beat his ass. And you don't want a six foot ten Texan who's like three hundred twenty pounds to yeah you know, pissed off at you yeah he yeah he's yeah something else uh, but yeah that was I mean honestly that was like the that it was scandalous in a lot of ways it was scandalous in the fact that they screwed over a long tenured wrestler in the way they did in his home country right it, you know um, it was a completely decimated cafe. Uh, the whole aspect of it like yeah that's really interesting i never thought about it from that angle but it's really true you know and it's that's probably the biggest um one biggest uh blow to that right yeah and it and then what it also did is it uh it took wrestling to another level uh wrestling was perceived as like entertainment not necessarily sports like sports channels didn't cover uh, rest pro wrestling. They didn't like ESPN. Didn't give a shit about what happened to, in the WWE. Yeah. Every once in a while, like with like, uh, if they had like a Muhammad Ali, what I think was like uh ringside during WrestleMania one, they had like Mr. T. But Mr. T was an actor. Like unless they involved a sports figure, pro pro wrestling was never covered on ESPN. But That's right, yeah, they never talked about it. But then, uh. All everybody who was willing to talk about wrestling wanted to talk about this because it was such a big it's such a big deal because it, it like it crossed it crossed topics. It was like it was no longer just like the silly wrestling thing. It was like, yeah, oh, it, shit. It, it crossed over to real life. Yeah. And so that, and they capitalized that because then shortly thereafter, when you had uh, networks like ESPN, that has nothing to do with pro wrestling are covering it because of what's going on, because contract negotiations, stuff like that, stuff that they deal with on the, the sports networks. Then uh, people that were 
sports fans were like, oh, what's going on in wrestling? What, what the hell is this all about? So all the eyes on there, they started bringing more sports stars. They brought in Mike Tyson on WCW. They brought in Dennis Rodman and Carl uh, Malone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they started bringing, like, so uh, I think Mongo McMichael. Carl Malone wants being the babies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. So so like this isn't this isn't like a crime per se because we're gonna dive into some uh, heavy handed shit. Yeah, uh, as the episodes progress, so we're talking like fucking murders and mob yeah. hits. Oh and yeah, s- wrestling is so dark. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, I enjoy true crime. Um, and I you know stuff gets dark, but wrestling like as a whole, even like when they're doing well, it still seems like a, a really rough life. Well, it it is because it's, it's a bunch of manly men. Yeah, you know, um, you and they 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 wrestle like three hundred plus days out of the year, right? Yeah, they, like uh, a large majority of the year. Yeah, uh, on average two hundred seventy. Wow, two hundred seventy days a year. That's that's it's nuts. Could you imagine doing that? Like what your body would feel like? Oh yeah, I I I remember doing like manual labor jobs and like just being sore, but like I never had to fight anyone for the manual labor job. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I never had to do like oh we're gonna go roofing. But you and John had to fight for 15 minutes to do this roof. <laughs> yeah, like it was, we never had to do any of that shit. Um, and then also uh, going back into the old school days of wrestling. Um, for example, back, going back to kayfabe. For example, uh, one of the things, this, this is a story that's known throughout uh, wrestling, is certain territories had a rule. Because when like the guys would go to the bars, wrestlers would go to the bars, in those days they thought wrestling was real. So imagine going to a bar and you're a pro wrestler who's like touting how big and uh, how tough and Billy Badass you are. And then some local fucking yokel sees you and he's like, fuck this guy. He ain't tough. I'm tough. They had a rule in certain territories. If you fought one of the locals and lost a fight, you got fired. Wait, so it's not that you can't fight. No, they wanted you to beat the shit out of the locals. It's that... Only if you lost the if fight. If you lost the fight, yeah. So in those That's days, incredible. In those days, uh, in those in, in the That's uh, so funny. Yeah, in those days, there was a lot of legitimate, <laughs> like tough guys wrestling. Like uh, there was a guy named Harley Race, who was a manager in like the nineties. He managed like Vader, and he made, and like he actually wrestled WWF in the eighties. Um, he had a he had a catchphrase. Uh, he would basically say, uh, basically, he had like apparently like a a badass left hand, a badass left punch, and he would he would he would tell people he goes, if I punch somebody with their left hand and they're still standing, I'm gonna look behind them and see what's holding them up, like, <laughs> yeah. So in those days, Harley Race, Harley Race, yeah. Th- what a th- great name. There's a there's a now th- th- uh, we're we're diving away from the the Montreal screw job a little bit, but That's fine. we're still we're, no, we're still we're still within kayfabe. We're still in the because we're uh, talking about kayfabe, the tapestry of the episode, you know. Yeah, that we're, we're uh like so in uh, late seventies, early eighties, and all that stuff like that. Uh, there was a whole slew of wrestlers that were like known for being like tough guys. Like on TV, they'll lose a match or whatever, but. Hella hard water. Do not fight these guys in a bar. Um, there was a, Hogan was known for 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 like Hogan. Um, shit, man. Hogan choked out Richard Belzer on TV. You oh yeah. That? You ever saw that? No. Oh, he front face locked Richard Belzer until he blacked out because Richard Belzer was he had, he uh, he was the host of a talk show at the time. Okay. And he brought Mr. T on and Hulk Hogan. This was like press for WrestleMania one. So Richard Belzer was being a sarcastic, skinny, fucking know-it-all comic yeah, host yeah. guy, 
And he's like, you fucking wrestlers. I hate comics. And uh, and so Hulk Hogan was like, oh, we're I'm just going to show you a basic. This is the most ba- one of the most basic moves in pro wrestling. And he puts him in a legit front face lock. Like, cinches it in. If you put someone in a front face lock, I put, I put a couple people in the mall in a, in a front face lock. So that's like a headlock, basically, like you're choking someone out? Yeah. So, you, like, you like you basically, you bring your the person's trachea into, like, the pit of your wrist. Okay. And then you lock it in, and you, like, basically, it, it just presses up against, the, your wrist will press up either against their actual trachea or against their uh, carotid ar- arteries and do either a blood choke or an air choke. Uh, but if you sense it properly with the proper curvature, you'll you'll do a blood choke and it'll pass out like fucking in no time. We used to do that uh, <clears throat> to each other for fun when we were young. Yeah. Uh, did, did did you do that? Yeah, like we would knock each other out. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, you but, like you. Uh, I guess it's the, it's whatever the one that you pass out for like fifteen seconds and then you wake up. Oh yeah, there's, I mean, there's fine. a couple. I mean, but that's also the same. But it was like two on the sides. You know? a, that's what the carotid arteries. Oh, okay. The, and a jugular carotid and a jugular. I guess jugular. it was blood, right? It's a blood choke. Yeah. Yeah. Those those knock you out faster. That's also that's also what you choke when you're fucking somebody. You you hold on to that for a little bit. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's that's what you press on when you fuck somebody. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, you you press on the side and you don't hold it for too long. You press you press enough to where they lose they lose you know. And then you let go, and then it creates a sensation, and it also tightens the vagina. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, dude. It's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, we're we're diving. I'm in. learning so much today. Yeah, I, I I didn't realize how much I know about stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he put Richard Belzer in a front face lock, and then he blacked out, and it's dropped him. Just wow. Him, and he fall back. He like busted his head open. He's bleeding and shit. Oh man. Yeah, Hulk Hogan gave no fucks. You know. Did and he get in trouble for that? Did he get like sued? No, or Hogan didn't. Now, wow. now there was a guy named Doctor David Schultz who was like this heel wrestler, this loudmouth Texas guy, the, the shoe insert guy. Oh no, <laughs> Doctor David Schultz. He had uh, an Inside Edition guy ask him if wrestling was fake, and he goes, "You go what? Wrestling's fake?" And he legitimately fucking pimp slaps. The inside edition guy knocks oh. him to the ground. And now mind you, Dr. David Schultz was like 6'5, 270. Just pimp slaps the shit out of this inside edition guy. <laughs> oh, knocks shit. him to the ground. He goes, You don't talk about that's fake. That's an open hand slap. That's why you're not in this business. That's why these dumb rednecks are not in this business, because it's a tough business. And he, yeah. So he like stiff slaps the shit out of this dude. So like that's that's the craziness. That was the extents that these wrestlers were willing to go through to protect the business and then flash forward to the screw job. And they're like, Oh, it's fake. It's predetermined. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It really does give a context. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's like crazy stories Like Andre the giant was known for being a badass. Andre, like oh, yeah. you didn't want to fuck with Andre. Um, there was like, there was like stories like for days where like no one fucked with Andre. Like if Andre said it's something you just listened you know, um, there was like only like two people that Andre feared legitimately, and that was a guy named Bad News Brown. He was just like tyke. He was a uh, he was a judo champ, and uh, like he was like legitimately tough. Uh, uh, Bad News Brown. Bad News Brown. Okay, he was yeah. an old wrestler. Uh, yeah, in the eighties. In the eighties, uh, okay. he had a high profile feud with Roddy Piper, where Roddy Piper painted half of himself black, because uh, Bad News Brown was a black dude. Yeah. So, oh, it was, wait. It was, Rowdy Piper did like half, half black 
half blackface. Yeah, half black it, they, and they, body and everything. He did like his whole yes. body. And as a prank, though, Andre the Giant gave him paint that didn't come off easy. So he had to go. He had to fly through customs to the event in half no. blackface. <laughs> That was I think that was the story that that, that was going around was that, um, but yeah they 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 omitted uh, it from the WWE uh, pay per view for that event like they showed the match because he's he's in half blackface during the match they show it during the match but they don't do the promo for it that's nuts yeah but this was the eighties though this oh yeah the eighties and then yeah. there was a guy named Haku. Haku. Uh, Haku. I feel like I I remember. He yeah. He he wrestled as Haku and he wrestled as Ming. That's bad news round. Bad Legit news judo round. champion. And look up Haku. H A K U. Man. Um. So he, he Andre the Giant was afraid of both of these people. Both those dudes. Yeah. Haku had a reputation for being like the most feared dude in the locker room. Nobody fucked with Haku. He was like a insurance. He boss. looks like my buddy Mike. Yeah, he's uh, he's a Tongan guy. They some of them would do, one of his nicknames behind the scenes was Tonga because I think he wrestled as Tonga at one point too, and uh, like he legitimately bit a dude's nose off. Oh my god! Yeah, and then you know the crazy thing is, is apparently his wife was just as wild. Uh, there was a story about him and his wife getting into it at a bar. And yeah, they called the cops, and then they beat the, him and the wife beat the shit out of all the cops. <laughs> Like, they handcuffed him, and he broke out of his cuffs, like, legit, apparently. Yeah, it was like... Holy shit. Yeah, Jake Roberts, I think, uh, in an interview, they asked him, um, he goes, if you had if you had uh, a tank with one round, and uh, you, you were aiming at Haku, what would you do? And he goes, I would find a gun and shoot myself, because I would be afraid to miss and piss him off. Like that was his quote about Haku. Yeah, and so like, wow. Dude. Yeah, so th- they should, tra- we should. Hopefully, we'll cover him more. Um, I wonder if, I wonder if he I has might, any. Yeah, because I I might talk about the the Superfly uh, Stucka. Yeah. Uh, incident. Um, the Brazil thing. No, where, where he uh he was charged with murdering his ex girlfriend. Oh okay. Um, oh, I thought that was. But they Brazil. were like uh, the all the island wrestlers were like they were like so a lot of them were actual cousins, but they. They considered them cousins because of the Pacific Those Islanders. Island boys are tough. Oh yeah. Oh my fuck god. Yeah, they don't fuck. Like they yeah. have natural strength. Yeah. Like, uh, oh my god. It's unbelievable. So Tonga. That's awesome. I mean, like Haku is a, a Tongan. He's a Pacific Islander. Guy. Yeah. And yeah, he he had a, a reputation. He was known for. Also, he wasn't tall. He was only five eleven. Yeah, it said six one two seventy five. Which yeah. I'm surprised because the pictures he looks pretty big, but. Yeah, uh, that's like. But yeah, he he was at a, he was at a tag. That's like team. a bigger dude, but they're not huge. huge. No, and it, but because he wasn't super tall, he got challenged a lot by people like stupid dumb rednecks. Oh, and he be, and yeah, he would beat the shit out of him and like fucking. But he he also fought dirty like that. Like he legit like the, but the nose bit the, biting bit the nose right off, clean off. <laughs> fucking, that's insane. He fought yeah. Chris Farley in dirty work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so nuts, man. Wow, so Montreal Screwjob really gave it to the cafe, and then that really gave the, so that transition that was like uh, you feel like that was the end of an era of like old school. It was in a, it, it was the end of several eras. I, th- yeah. I think it was like the old school cafe, the old school the uh, and then uh, it it also was the end of like secrecy in wrestling, uh, as far as like contracts and stuff. It it let it, it paved the way for what we have now, where like. Um, 
behind the scenes stuff in pro wrestling is just as known as like contract negotiations in the NFL. Yeah. Like it, it paved the way for that. Like, uh, yeah, and then open, open things up. Yeah, because it was well, it, it was during the internet age. It was it was during the internet age. Yeah, I guess they're like forced to work with. Yeah, and people then, just know too much now. Yeah, they they do they do. Uh, it, it almost it's sometimes not enjoyable because like yeah. the suspension of disbelief has completely been pillaged. Yeah, you know. Um, sometimes you sometimes you get caught off guard. It's, that's kind of fun, uh, seeing <laughs> that like just like oh I didn't expect this like, uh, and then so do you still watch st- wrestling actively? Yeah, as much as possible. Yeah. As much as possible, um, you know, uh, I, I I I'm such a I'm such a fanboy that I I think for the most part I even if I know like a, de- a predetermined result, um, like you know, I I, I appreciate what goes into it because yeah. I'm not capable of doing it. But I've I've gone and I've been in wrestling ring several times. I've taken a chair shot. That shit hurts. Uh, How does that work? Is it like a fake chair? That is not a fake chair. It's a real fucking it's a, chair. It's the way they hit you. It, they just used real chairs and hit you. There was no gimmick. Now, like, wait, there's no trick. No, that's why all those guys got CTE and fucking concussions. There's no trick. So it's just those like big heavy metal chair, and they just hit you. I mean, maybe maybe they would they would do a lighter metal chair, but it's still a metal chair <laughs> yeah. getting hit. And you just, you saw the how they were hitting each other. Like there's oh, yeah. there's a match where like the Rock was going to town on uh, Mick Foley. He hit him like twelve oh, times. Yeah, yeah. Oh during yeah. The, it was during the uh, 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 the cage match thing. Was it? Or no, the it was um, match or whatever. Oh, that was the one where he did with the Undertaker, the Hell in a Cell. That's the Jim Jim Ross class. Yeah, my God, he killed him. He killed him. You know, <laughs> but there was a it was a Royal Rumble match where The Rock uh, wrestled uh, Mankind, and they chronicled. I do remember it The Rock in Beyond yeah. the Mat, and he he took liberties. He like fucking twelve shots to the head, and at one point he was hit, giving him headshots. While he was handcuffed, so he had no defense to it. Normally, normally when you do it, when you do a chair shot, um, you put your hand up at the last minute to kind of cushion the blow a little bit. Yeah, I mean the way they were swinging them, a little bit is 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 an overstatement. I mean, um, but in uh, even if they were a gimmick chair, is still a metal of some sort. Yeah. So imagine like imagine like when they did got hit with the uh, trash can lids. That's a real aluminum trash can lid. Yeah. Or, or like a cookie pan or whatever. Those are just all like I real hate shit. bumping into like the corner of a counter. <laughs> yeah, for those guys are just built ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, they're also hopped up on fucking pain pills too. A lot of them were. That's uh, amazing how how they could. There's a chair shot, uh, and I know this is kind of a different story. Yeah, and he just died. But New Jack. Oh God. New Jack does a chair shot on some guy at some match, and it's just amongst like a, it's a documentary on him. Yeah, and the guy's like. But just blood everywhere. Crimson mask. It's just yeah. It's no, It's like it's like Dude. someone just took a a bucket of new. Yeah, New Jack. Um, I don't know if we're gonna do an episode specifically on New Jack. Um, but New Jack maybe ECW altogether. Or? Possibly. Yeah. Uh, because like, I guess I I was trying to like blend the worlds of like true crime, like actual true crime and yeah. like, wrestling. Um, but I mean New Jack. Maybe we should because uh, stab that guy. There, well, there was a couple instances. Maybe we should do a new Jack episode. Yeah, we'll think. We'll uh, yeah, because he's got a couple. He's got a yeah. couple under his belt. Plus, he is. Yeah, we, I think we should do a new Jack episode yeah. in honor because he recently passed away. He did yeah. Uh, but yeah, new Jack. Ooh, buddy. Ooh, fucking new Jack. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, any parting words on uh, the Montreal screw job? Well, all I know is Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> in the words of Vince. Yeah. True Vince fashion. Yeah. And it, yeah, and that led to his like intro. You ever you ever seen uh, Vince's uh, intro music? No chance. That's just what you got. No chance in hell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's I always loved that song. I don't know. You're fine. Yeah, and then fucking Trump, fucking hack. <laughs> I only remember, I didn't know that Trump was on wrestling. I only saw it like after he. People are like, this is our president. And it's oh, like, now him he, like rolling now around that's a ring. Now, here's the thing people don't know about Trump. He's got like a diaper on. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing a lot of people don't know about Trump. Trump has been involved with wrestling for a long time. Like oh, decades. Bet. Yeah. He Well, because WrestleMania. Okay, so the first two WrestleManias, I think, were Madison Square. Wrestling Spirit. and Miss America pageants. Yeah. <laughs> so the like first, white trash. The first like, two <laughs> WrestleManias, I think, were in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And... Uh, they couldn't forge a deal uh, for another year, and so they got Trump. Trump. Uh, it was in the uh, the Taj Mahal or whatever, um, whatever, whatever, whatever arena. That's that, in India. No, no, the, the Trump Taj Mahal in New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> uh, they had a, like a like a, a performance area, and so they had WrestleMania three and four in uh, the Trump Taj Mahal. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like he basically, he basically he uh, basically Trump bailed Vince McMahon out because he he couldn't think of a venue that would be able to hold it. Yeah, um, because also, uh, no, 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 not three and four. No, uh, WrestleMania three was in the Pontiac Silverdome. Uh, WrestleMania four, uh, it wasn't drawing as much, and they needed a venue, and a bigger venue would 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 show too many empty seats, so they needed a smaller venue, and they they did the Trump Taj Mahal. That's what the backstory is. Oh, okay, yeah. Cause then uh, WrestleMania five was in fucking Canada and it was like unbelievable. It was like like eighty thousand people or something like that. But the Silverdome was like ninety thousand in wow. Pot- in uh, Detroit, Michigan. That's where uh, uh, Hulk Hogan body slam uh, Andre yep. the Giant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's legendary. Yeah, dude. Uh, but the uh, WrestleMania four. Do you think he did it all on his own, or do you think Andre kind of? Like, oh, uh, uh, little, Andre hop, wasn't gonna let anyone the... slam him if he didn't want to get slammed. Because also at that time, Andre had so many back issues yeah, that he wasn't going to take a bump unnecessarily unless it was good for business. So, uh, yeah. So, But even even with that being said, um, Hogan pulled like two muscles in his back or something. And he pulled like his hamstring, like t- tweaked his hamstring and pulled like two muscles in his back. Doing it? Doing the body slam, yeah. Because even, even like basically, I don't know. Have you ever body slammed someone? No, I body slammed a couple people, uh, and like some of them of were. Of course you have. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, some of them were against their will, and some of them were like like pro wrestling style. So basically, when you, the mechanics of a body slam to do it safely is that the, there's like like the other person kind of like goes with it, like they kind of lift with you. When you lift, they jump up, kind of. Okay. And then they put their hand on your on your uh, your quad or your uh, your thigh here. And then you tuck your hand behind their neck, so you cradle the 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 uh, the base of your neck, and then you basically so you you the your butt and your legs take the brunt of the slam. This is what's supposed to happen, not oh, your yeah. neck or your back. So you curve. So when you pick up, so it's, you're not no one's the person lifting you is not taking the strain, and then you pick them up. And then you, when you drop them, you drop them on their butt. Usually the, the meat of their butt takes the blow. So, yeah. And so, but you have two people of that enormous size. 
You got Hogan, who is legit 6'5", at that time 320 pounds of, like, steroided muscle. Yeah. And then you got Andre the Giant, who, even after his uh, fusion surgeries or whatever, was still, like, 6'11". Because he was a lot shorter than he was in the 70s. Because they t- took out chunks of his spine. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was only, like, maybe Ouch. maybe seven foot at best. In, in the 70s, he was legit. How much did he weigh? Like, 500 pounds? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, anywhere from 400 to 500 pounds. Damn. He was probably pushing five at that time. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, but, I yeah. remember when he picks him up, it just looks so heavy. He just looked like so much man. It was know? a lot of, it was, a, yeah. I mean, like, even with this, like I said, even with the spinal surgeries, it was six foot ten. It's five, like body five. slamming a boat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a fucking catamaran. He yeah, just chokes out of the of a body slam the catamaran. Uh, and then, you know, weird thing is he's not the Hogan's not the only guy that's ever body slammed Andre. Oh really? But, yeah, it's highly chronicled. Like there's a bunch of guys that uh, body slammed him. Oh yeah, Ultimate Warrior's body slammed him. Big John Stud body slammed him. Dude, Ultimate Warrior was a maniac. Yeah, his I love watching. His interviews, yeah, because he just doesn't make sense. It's, and it's so it's so funny because it sounds like, like talks about space and stuff. It sounds like we're going off topic, but this is also goes almost full circle back to the fucking screw job about the Ultimate Warrior, uh, SummerSlam '91. Uh, so at, at the time, the Ultimate Warrior thought he was a bigger star than he actually was. They put the belt on him, but it wasn't drawing the amount of money because WrestleMania Five was. Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. I don't know mm. if you remember that match. Yeah. Um, and H- Ultimate Warrior won. So this was in 1990. So they had the, the belt on the Ultimate Warrior, but it wasn't drawing the same amount of ticket sales that uh, Hogan as a champion was drawing and stuff. So they ended up dropping the belt uh, to Sergeant Slaughter. He was like a in-between champion. Mm-hmm. Well, that summer, uh, that summer, um, uh, no, the following summer, like they 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 did the business with Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. They had to pair Hogan with the Ultimate Warrior because the Ultimate Warrior wasn't drawing and stuff like that. They did this like co-main event thing or whatever. So the following year, they had this big match with the Ultimate Warrior. You know, they were boasting him his return because he came back from like an injury or something like that. Yeah, and he wanted more money, and uh, I think he I think he had the belt. He had the belt on him, and. Uh, he wanted more money, and like basically, he was gonna say he was he was gonna no call. He was gonna like no call, no show. Uh, the main event of SummerSlam. Gonna Axel Rose him. Yeah, and they gave him more money. They finished the match, and then they did this angle where he got like attacked on a on a on a, another show, and he dropped the belt, and then they fired him. Oh, so so, so all those things I told you about the dropping of the woman's belt. The Wendy Richter thing in the '90s, and then also all these other guys like the Ultimate Warrior, you know, this big star going into business for himself, trying to fuck over Vince. And so, like on one hand, Vince fucked over Bret Hart, but on the other hand, you almost kind of understand. Yeah, because he's like, I gotta keep this under control. Yeah, because he's, he's like the a mob boss. boss. Yeah, well, he's, he's like, the, yeah, he's the boss. I was like, yeah. so when you lose control, when you let the inmates run the asylum. Yeah, you can't yeah. have that. No bueno. So and he and then he and then he leaned into it because if you want to consider me a bad guy, I'll be the bad guy. Yeah. And then so yeah, so man, uh, that's just, amazing. <laughs> the weird psychology and backstory and mob runnery of the fucking pro wrestling world. <laughs> yeah. And well, we'll get into mob uh, mob aspects of the pro wrestling. There's a 
There's, I, th- I think uh, I'm going to talk about the Dino Bravo thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just like talking out loud, but like, yeah, so I was just trying to think about like the 10, like we got one now and I was thinking about going into like, which ones you go? Cause like, I really want to get into the true crime aspect. Cause this is more of a scandal. It kind of yeah. tie. it's the tie that binds all these other stories. I think to some extent, uh, but I, I want to get into like the, the meat and potatoes of like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna talk about like murders and shit, you know? Yeah. And we, there's, a, and there's actually will. quite a bit of that, unfortunately. And if you out there, any fools know of any, you want us to talk about, leave a comment. Yeah. Drop, drop a comment. Uh, also like, and subscribe. Uh, yeah. yeah, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. And I, I know some of you guys are listening. Some of the other comics, cause you guys mentioned, uh, listening. So yeah, if you know anything, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you know, story you want us to cover, uh, especially since my I'm a nerd and I know a lot of insight, I'll drop a bunch yeah, of lot of side stories. So much about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so that was the Montreal Screw Job. Uh, this has been a philosophy with Marcus Crespo and Dan Venti. Hell yeah, man! And uh, also, it's always cool to be foolish. Always. <laughs> Bye, fools.